We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Gonna pop in here for a couple minutes? I can say hello to you. Mr. Wanstead. Dave Wanstead. You guys are sick. I'll tell you what. NFL head coach for 11 years. The Bears came in here and Dave Wanstead. There's a happy group of overachievers that have been well coached. College football national champion. A number of legends here tonight. Dave Wanstead. Super Bowl champion. Dave Wanstead. One of my, you know, really idols. Football analyst for NBC Sports Chicago. You know, one of the interesting things about that Dallas Cowboy defense is we know that the 49ers script their first 15 plays. So in talking to Dave Wanstead, the defensive coordinator, and to Jimmy Johnson, what they said they wanted to do was script their first 15 defensive plays that would be unlike anything they've ever done before. So after 15 plays, the 49ers aren't going to know any more about the defense than they did before. Dave Wanstead. I see light mango, 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 mango. With Parkins and Spiegel. We're Spigs. On 670 The Score. Pour me something tall and strong. Make it a hurricane before I go insane. It's only half past 12, but I don't care. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. It's 5 o'clock in Naples, Coach, so, yeah, cheers. Here we go. Oh, you know what? I'm on the Iron City light today. You know what I'm saying? First time. Uh, I did notice that. Tanny brought this for me when he was uh, traveling through Pennsylvania, so uh, brought me a little Iron City light, and uh, I was with a bunch of guys from Pittsburgh this past week. That's what my, oh, my, shocking. my dearest friend, that's where Jan and I stayed down there. <laughs> shocking. Yeah, oh, wow. You were hanging out with some Yinzers? Uh-huh. That, that and, really surprised and, me. And I think Whitey, uh, I guess Miss Whitey, I think he was he was coming down when uh, when I left. So, Well, um, I mean, Whitey will, I'm assuming, I don't want to you know do Shane's job for him, but our one of our favorite segments of the year is the Friday before the Super Bowl where we have – you know, we put on 30 guests in one segment and we just go back to back to back. Who's going to win the Super Bowl? What's the score going to be and why? Whitey made an appearance last year. I think he, he and, did. And he, I think, didn't he have the best pick? Yeah. Didn't, he, did, the, I think he got the score right on. I, yeah. I think, I think, I think Whitey picked the Super Bowl perfectly last year. So he has to return this year. Well, he's, you know what surprised me about that? And I was hoping he wouldn't embarrass me and take the Steelers to win the Super Bowl last year when you called them. Yeah, that, that, that was my only yeah. concern that he would say Pittsburgh. That just, yeah. Knowing, the, obviously, that, uh, the that they weren't Steelers, playing. That they weren't playing. Yeah. Les Grobstein did that three years ago. He we, he, he picked, I think he picked the Patriots, and, mm-hmm. and, and they weren't in the game. But, you know, Absolutely. Could, ha- could happen to anybody. But cheers. Thank you uh, for being here. That clip that we played coming in uh, of John Madden. Yes. 
we were back watching, and Tanny was doing most of it, but it was on in the office. We was going back through. We were talking about uh, Championship Sunday. Mm-hmm. When you were with the Cowboys playing the Niners, and he pulled up the broadcast and was listening to it, I did not know that defensive coordinators scripted plays. I don't think they ever did. We were <laughs> um, – yeah, that was something that – actually, it was Butch Davis and uh, Dave Campo and I we were talking, and – and I kind of threw the idea out there, to be honest with you, and said, hey, you know what, this is, why, why don't we, because we had all, what, uh, how many games did we have at that point? You know, you played the whole season, and it was three playoff games, so we had 20 games or whatever yeah. that we were looking at, and we had everything broken down. And um, so what it came down to in, in simple terms is, let's say that the situation was second down and five, okay, backed up, okay, on our side of the 50, uh, we had not blitzed in that situation all year long. Well, I penciled in a blitz to call a blitz. So I, I kind of put the script together uh, based on things that we hadn't done. You know, in a certain situation we were going to play man. Now we played zone. This other, you know, so we just changed it up on them to see what happened. But what happened? The funny part of that game, if you watch the the sec the first series we go on in defense. We call a um, a running play. They give the ball to Raffman, I believe. He makes three or four yards. I think we had him in second and seven. And I looked down at my script, and it says blitz. We had never blitzed there. So we had a nice run blitz. Assuming that they were going to run, we had a nice run blitz. So we call the blitz, and you will see this on TV if, if anyone goes back and watches this game, uh, that it had rained up there. And candle, old Candlestick Park, yeah. you know, had that red clay mud. And whenever it rains, the advantage is always with the offense. And so I remember we were on the field beforehand, and and uh, Jimmy called me over. We were just talking about the plan, and he kind of kicked his foot in the water and says, oh, man, you know, this. And I says, yeah, don't worry. We, we don't have much pressure. We'll be fine, you know. Don't you know the second play is a blitz? So I call the the damn blitz, and I am scared to death. And we call it in, and and we're saying disguise it. We're Kenny Norton is. I'm make sure we go late to it. Go late to it. Sure enough, we start moving around. What happens? Steve Young's the quarterback. He gives a hand motion to Jerry Rice. Mm. Jerry Rice. Now we we can't even look because now Jerry Rice and Steve. Uh, Young, they know that we are blitzing and single coverage. Steve, Jerry Rice comes off, and he literally does an inside-outside, a double move on our corner, and the guy loses his balance and falls down. 80-yard touchdown. Oh. Second second play of the game. It's called back because their center held Russell Maryland. So they called it back, and we didn't blitz the rest of the game. In fact, oh. in fact – I went the other way uh, and started rushing three in certain situations and actually got an interception. Got Steve Young to throw us on. We dropped the tackle, rushed three, played, you know, covered with eight and confused him or whatever, and he forced the ball in there and we intercepted it. So so is the lesson, because at that point you guys had both played 18 games, that these games are like the ultimate – Chess match? Yeah, it is. You have to be. But sometimes you always say get, don't, don't outthink yourself. This, this wasn't too bad because the Super Bowl is the one you got to be careful of because you get bored. 
you know, this game goes right. there's two weeks. Yeah, we went from playing the Eagles to now we got to play, we got to go out to San Francisco. So here we go. So it's a normal week. Uh, so it wasn't that we were doing anything new from a player standpoint. It wasn't new blitzes or it wasn't new defenses. Just call it new It's just times. calling it different times. So, uh, but the the one thing when you get to the Super Bowl, you got to be careful. And and one of the, the most critical calls in the Super Bowl, jumping ahead, now we're playing Buffalo. And so I'm in the press box, and I got all 24 games. And, and the way it worked, uh, Marv Levy, Coach Levy, he called the short yardage and goal line plays. Okay? For Buffalo. Yeah. Yep, for Buffalo. The offensive coordinator called everything else. Hmm. So I got all my charts and graphs in the press box. It's it's, And I got things highlighted that I need to see. And this is kind of interesting because they, they score, we score, we're down, and they go the length of the field. And we're really – at that point, we're, we're, they got us on our heels a little bit. Kelly's hot, on you know, Andre uh, Reed and you know Thurman Thomas. Here we come. Yeah, and uh, so they're down on the goal line, and they get into I believe it was third down, second down, it might have been fourth down and four, and by instinct we start. They send their big goal line people in. They're sending in extra linemen. So right away when this happens, we start sending in our extra defensive linemen. We got a goal line defense. They got a goal line offense. Yeah. I'm looking at these Marv Levy's calls, these charts, and I'm saying to myself, I'm looking, and every time on fourth down, anything less than five yards, he threw it. He threw it with big people. And I said, guys, they're going to throw the damn ball. Let's go back to base personnel. In other words, now we got four DBs and three linebackers. And you can see it on the tape. Our defensive guys are all – our big people are running off the field, and we're running our defensive backs. Now, we're lined up with a normal defense out there, and they – I think – I don't even know if they had one receiver in the game, but they had extra linemen, extra tight ends. They're in jumbo. Back. They're in jumbo. You're in they're base. They're in jumbo. We're, and here it comes, and guess what they do? Throw the ball, and guess what we do? intercepted, turned the whole game around. I mean, great call by you, but why? No, no, I'm just saying the no, tendencies. But, but, that's all. I'm just making the point that these no, charts yeah. and coaches, these tendencies, um, you know. What, it, why Why not audible to a run in that spot? If, they, if they've got all the extra blockers and you're out there with four DBs. Uh, yeah, and you have to ask Jim Kelly. I don't know. Okay. Wow. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. I, well, do you have his number? Let's get him on. Let's get him on. I'll ask him. Wait, did you just say, do I have his number? Was, think, I, I Danny, kidding. think about what you said. I, I was kidding. I was kidding. Right. You, know, you know everybody. You yeah. know everybody. <laughs> so, you know, so let's give Shane his number. We'll call Jim Kelly. Jimmy Johnson coming on soon or what? Yeah, what are we going to yeah, do? Yeah, you know, I talked to Jimmy this morning. Of course. He, he was uh, actually heading up to Miami. Mm. Yeah, we'll, once we get close to the draft, we'll get him on. Right now, none of this stuff interests him, you know? We, once just we, like, what talk radio or, or what? <laughs> once, 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 once we get through the Super Bowl, then he'll he'll get his interest going. Dave, again. I don't want to talk to him about any current events. I just want stories. We could do it in February. We could do it in March. We could do it in April. We could do it in May. We could do it in June. We could do it on the Mar on Mars. I don't care. I just, the, I just want stories. With the number one pick, Jimmy will be excited about talking about that i promise you. all right well we'll get him the other thing that he uh, wasn't excited about talking about his book <laughs> i asked him remember i said you want to come on and talk about your book ah, i'm kind of over the book <laughs> yeah i know <laughs> i just want to talk about his boat bradshaw come on talk about his bourbon you want terry on well, yeah, yes always <laughs> terry's hilarious when he comes on talking about his 
parrots or whatever the hell he has. <laughs> whatever the hell that was. Uh, the other thing that we found in that broadcast of the NFC title game was Madden talking about uh, the other teams that you talked to. Yes. I yep. did not know this. You you interviewed with the Giants and the Broncos when well, you were I, also talking to the Bears? Yeah, and I think there was uh, New England. There was there, – I think there were four or five teams that were, were – uh, open at that time you know coaching jobs and did you uh, have multiple offers oh yeah yeah absolutely and Coach. uh no no i'm being serious yeah and, and, but the only one that i was, was serious about was the giants you know because george young flew down to dallas and uh we had a great visit he was a great general manager and uh, but they were in the division you know all that stuff so but the only two really it was the bears and, and the giants yeah what did the Broncos not why, – why was well, John I, Elway I never, not attractive? I never went out there. I, 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 I never went to New England, and I never went to – it was going to be the, the Giants or the uh, or the Bears. And you didn't want to do the Giants partially because you had felt like you were going up against Jimmy in the NFC East? Well, I don't know. I just felt more – I actually, when I came up here, I, I've been to Chicago before. just felt comfortable here, mm. you know. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. What's it? What's it like interviewing – when did you take those interviews? Well, the Giants, Jimmy was fantastic about it because we had a, uh, uh, bu- bu- it, there was a, I met George Young out there on on a day, you know, early in the morning. We kind of jockeyed it around practice schedules and stuff. And Jimmy was super. We just met him at the airport out there by uh, in DFW. But it's during the playoffs, right? Oh, yeah, definitely during the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. And I think, I think right after I did that, because I was actually, I took the Bears job. And then I was coaching in the Super Bowl, so I was working for two teams technically. And I think they they made a rule and changed it in the NFL after that happened that you couldn't have obviously be working for two teams. <laughs> right. So is it is it hard to like prep for a job interview and you're prepping for Jerry Rice as a defensive coordinator? And you know what I mean, like yeah. you s- split allegiances, split time, all that sort of thing. Yeah, but but I don't know. I mean, you know, with a job interview, you pretty much know. You know, I, I just had to do my research on some of the people. You know, obviously well, yeah. the Mar- that still the, takes time. The Maros and Tish, who owned the team, and George Young, who was the GM, and so forth. A little bit of the history and stuff. But as far as the interview, uh, no, it, it, I, it, that was pretty. Uh, I had done enough interviews before, to be quite honest with you. I'd done some in college, and. Um, uh, so I had been down that route. So I, I, I knew what was important and what I wanted to talk about, and I had answers for the questions that they might have. So that was not uh, – So it's not the type of thing where they have to say, like, you have to study their no, backup I, defensive linemen and no. say, I would cut this guy or I, I would promote I, I, this guy. We, or... we played them twice a year. I, I knew all about the Giants, you know. And, sure. I mean, and we played the Bears here before. So you're studying their personnel when you're getting ready to play them, you know. What about when you're the head coach and guys on your staff – are asking to interview well i always believe that you know we used to go by the thing hey when the team has success there's opportunities for everybody and that's easier said than done but uh you know when uh, when an opportunity would come i would be the first guy to promote him i mean it yeah. uh you know ron when i was here at the bears i helped you know ron turner get the illinois job mike shula to get the uh alabama job i mean or the uh, tampa bay job to go as a coordinator with tony dungy so, I mean, uh, I've had a lot of assistance. Joe Pendry was on my running back coach and helped him with, with uh, to get the Carolina offense coordinator's job. Uh, so uh, I've had a lot of uh, assistance. If, if they want to go and it's a better opportunity for them and their family, I'm all for it. 
I really am, and I've always treated my guys that way. It doesn't surprise me at all. Dave Wanstead in studio with us. So those Cowboys teams went to four straight NFC title games. You weren't there for all of them. Right. Um, Mahomes is about to host his fifth straight. Is that – I mean, yeah. I just I just find that – like because you guys did, you guys were two at home and two on the road. Yeah, that, that is uh, – uh, that whole organization. I mean, it's – Yeah, I know it's, it's not Mah- just it's, him. It's but. Mahomes. It's Andy Reid. It, it's everybody. Personnel, people – yeah, to, to be able to get there, uh, and that's uh, is really incredible. I mean, it's it's so difficult uh, to get into the playoffs. I mean, you realize how many teams don't even make it to the playoffs, can't win a playoff game, and to get a home game. Yeah, two thirds of the league can't yeah, get in. That's crazy. Yep. So I just is. I said in the last segment, I, I we're going to talk about both games with you here, but like this AFC game is to me, it's it's everything that I would want in pro sports. It's. They've played each other a bunch recently. Yep. So the teams genuinely do not like each other. The team that you maybe would not expect has won three straight. So the Bengals players are trash talking. They're calling Arrowhead Burrowhead. Right. They're like, we can go in there and win. I mean, yeah. And I mean, that has to drive that. That has to that just would, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to drive you insane. Could you imagine back in the day if someone on the Bears was like Lambo? Yeah. That's our. That's our home away from home. Yeah, no, it. it um, but it's great. It's fun it, for us. Yeah, it's it's good for the media, I guess, and all that stuff. But but I promise, you know, the coach probably said something, and whoever, and it's bulletin board material. You can say what you want. The pros read this stuff, and they're always looking for an edge. Every coach, every player is looking for a little edge to to add a little something, another layer to the competition. Yeah, and this uh, they they gave uh, they obviously gave Kansas City something. Yeah, well, but the Chiefs are, you know. They, I, I was impressed. We're talking about Mahomes. You know, I every coach talks about how tough his players are, and uh, we know about Patrick Mahomes as an athlete, as a quarterback, as a winner. But you don't generally get to see these quarterbacks when they are hurt and how they respond. And the way that kid responded, uh, being hurt and being upset because he was out of the game. I mean that that. Uh, that that sent a message to me. I mean, I'm I'm a I was always a fan, but I'm a bigger fan of, of Patrick Mahomes now. Just seeing how he reacted when he was hurt, and everybody knew he was hurt, but he wanted to get in and, and win that football game. We've seen it a few times from him, right? He had the torn plantar fascia in his foot, and yep. he put up 38 in an AFC title game. Then that game against. Uh... San Francisco when he's just getting his ass kicked. Yep. Oh yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Kept, kept kept coming. I mean he. The, the guy's tough as hell. He's amazing. I, there, people are going to debate in our line of work, like, who's better, Mahomes or Burrow? I think Burrow's amazing. I think he's the second-best quarterback in football. But I said if if everybody was available, like if, right. if there was a league-wide draft, I think 32 of 32 general managers would take Mahomes first. Yeah, because of his uh, – some of his athleticism, some of the, you know, the, the, the circus plays that he comes up with, Right. The secondary uh, throws. Yeah, I I do think that Burrow's a better passer. I, I think that you do. Oh, I do. I think Joe Burrow is a better passing quarterback. I think he's the best in the league. I think it's him and Herbert are the two best at San Diego, in my opinion. But uh, Joe Burrow has that confidence, uh, you know, and that swagger about him that, you know, I don't know. You you, you don't you don't coach that. You don't coach that. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. You say, Burrow. Burrow. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, he's 
He's amazing. When he was in college, think about him. He's a co- in college and they win a championship and he's got the sunglasses on. And he's smoking a cigar in a locker room and really didn't care. You know, uh, that team, he, though, he's an Ohio kid and he goes to LSU and he and he changes the back of his name to, you know, for, for down there in Louisiana. You know, was it yeah, a French it, name or something? You know what I mean? Yeah, with the EAUX. Yeah, just to, that's, you got to, you do things like that, you got to back them up. You got to back them up. Yeah, I mean, you're right. That team that he had, I mean, you would be able to relate to it because of some of those teams that you had on at the U, but like, he had Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson on the same team in college yes yes I mean just think about that those are arguably the two best receivers in the NFL he had them on the same team in college and the I forget the Marshall whatever the dude's name is he is was awesome third receiver and Clyde Edwards Hilaire was a first round pick he was their running back Mm -hmm. so you know that that team is one of the best college football teams that I've ever seen but you know, in the last twenty years, we'll say they, they were they, they they were incredible. They they were very good. No, but he but you still got to make the plays. You know, you still yeah, he was great. You still got to be accurate. You got to get the ball. He last week, he he got the ball out of his hand a couple of times in two seconds. I mean, he picked that Buffalo defense apart. He was great, and, and and you really have to appreciate what this guy did now because when you play zone coverage. The quarterback goes to the line of scrimmage, and he's got to read the coverage. Okay, you, you you're getting bored here. Or you want me to talk football? Okay? I want you to talk football. Okay, okay. Yeah, don't co- get, you know, hang in there. Don't get no, bored. Don't get co- bored. Cover two okay? shell high. That's what the okay. that's what the Bengals do all the time. When you when oh, I, Shane says we got a break, what we got a break? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Tell okay. it. Get your football point. In one there. more. One more. One more point. That's it. What I can, I can never make one more point. Okay, <laughs> no, I'll make a point. A oh, real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah. If if a defense is playing man coverage. It's pretty easy decision for the quarterback. Now it's a matter of is your receiver better than what the guy covering you is, okay? Or yeah. your tight end better than the safety or linebacker, whoever. But when you play zone, the quarterback has to know is it a two deep zone, is it a three deep zone, is it a four deep zone? And then he, in his mind, okay, has to understand that is the linebacker in in a in a three deep zone, the linebacker is going to the flat, say, in in a cover two zone, he's going to be in a curl. So they're going to different spots. So he's computing that in his mind. Know the coverage. Know where the, the holes are going to be in the defense, as we say, the open spots. And now you're hoping that your receiver sees that and settles down in those open spots. And what Cincinnati did against Buffalo, I mean, it, it was a art of – I tell you what, it, it, it was perfection. Now, they came out. He knew exactly where the dead spots were in those zones – the receivers were get, sitting down in those zones. I mean, it, it was it, it was masterful. It was really, from a coach's perspective, I really enjoyed watching that. So you would take, you say Burrow's a better passer, but you would take Mahomes over Burrow. Yeah, I would. Okay. Just, just because of the athleticism and the uh, instincts. We'll talk NFC Championship game and get coaches' picks ahead of Championship Sunday next on The Score. Dave Wanstead. And I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh... With Parkins and Spiegel on 670 The Score. Hanging out with Dave Wanstead, Parkins and Spiegel on The Score. All right, so we did a lot of AFC Championship game there, but we did not get the pick. So let's get the pick for that game, then we'll start talking NFC Championship. Who, who do you like, Bengals or Chiefs? I, I like Cincinnati. I, I like the Bengals. You know, I, I think if we went on the air right now, most of the people could not name – 
who the Pro Bowl players were for the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, they didn't have many of them, but you know, their their defensive guys are not household names. But yet, defensively, if you look at the categories, those guys are, play as well as anybody in the league. And I think it's uh, people don't give Cincinnati's defense enough credit. So I think they're going to show up, show up big. But I'll tell you what, why I'm picking Cincinnati to win, it's not Joe Burrow, it's not Jamar Chase, it's not the defense. Joe Mixon, running back, P. Ryan, running back, Joe Mixon got me out of my chair watching that game. I mean, he he looked like he did his rookie year when he came out of Oklahoma. This guy was making people miss. He's healthy. He's got a new sense of energy to him. And the difference in that Buffalo game was the run game. The run game. If you're playing Cincinnati right now, everybody, the perception is, oh, my goodness, we got to stop Jamar Chase and Higgins and Tyler Boyd and – and uh, Joe Burrow, yes. But let me tell you something. If if Kansas City has that approach, Cincinnati is capable of coming in with Mixon and Pirine and run that ball down their throat. I picked Cincinnati too. I know ever, that'll shock everybody because of how much I love Mahomes and Andy Reid. But I just think that if everybody tells me that Mahomes is not going to be even 80%, mm-hmm. that he's Superman. Yeah, you know, so like I like he, he. I would I would pressure him early. I I you know we weren't a big blitz team. Cincinnati's not a big big blitz team, but you're going to see some pressures early. Make Just him run. Make him see what he can do. See how fast. Yeah. He, see how much he can run, and how it affects his throwing. Yeah, I would pick I would pick Kansas City for sure if he was healthy, but he he's clearly not healthy, and the gambling line uh, reflects that. All right, NFC title game. Yep. I have said that these teams were on a collision course for about eight weeks. I didn't think that Dallas was there. I thought these were clearly the two best teams in the NFC, clearly the two best rosters. We'll we'll start with your pick, and then we can work backwards. Who do you, who do you like in the game? I, I like Philadelphia. You do? I, I like Philadelphia. Uh, big picture reasons. One, rest. They had the week off. I mean, Lane Johnson, without that week off, Lane Johnson, I don't know where Jalen Hurts is. But you got Graham, you got Fletcher Cox, a defensive lineman that are older. That week off, I think, did wonders for him. And then, Danny, last week, it was like a preseason game. Those guys were on the sideline in the fourth quarter. Yeah. I mean, they they weren't even playing. So, when you look at the rest, number one, in my mind, and then travel. Uh, the You know, San Francisco's got to travel across the country. And who knows what the weather's going to be like in Philadelphia. So, the rest and the travel – uh, are things that don't have anything to do with blocking and attacking, but they, I, I think they're going to be a factor in this game. I'm, I'm very interested to see what Philly can do against the defense as good as San Francisco's. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't played the, just how the schedule broke. They, they played Dallas, obviously, and Dallas good defense, but ha- have not played a front seven like that, and. I thought that Jalen Hurts' shoulder looked very good throwing the ball. He only had 150-something passing yards, but like you said, they didn't really need to do a whole heck of a lot. They had like 40 rushing attempts in the game. He ran the ball nine times. He looked like he was willing to run, but not maybe willing to get hit. Yep. I agree. The Niners won't let you do that. Well, (laughs) you know what? I'm not so sure how bad the Niners want to stop the run. I mean, when you look at Bosa 
as good a play. The key to San Francisco's defense, Armstead, in my opinion. Yeah. The big defensive tackle. He has got to play at a high level. Because Bosa is great as an athlete, he is in pass rusher. His run statistics are kind of average, to be honest with you. And uh, uh, you know, last week, uh, you know, they, they they really haven't faced a quarterback that's going to threaten them every time on the edge, like Jalen Hurts is going to do. So I, I I just think that there's too many options uh, with Philadelphia's offense is good is San Francisco's defenses. San Francisco, you know, we talk about Bosa all the time, and I just mentioned Armstead. I mean, Fred Warner, they got they got pro first-team Pro Bowl players at every level. They got the safety, uh, was it Hufanga? Yeah, Hufanga. And then, Hufanga, uh, and they then, got uh, Fred Warner, right, a yeah, linebacker. Charverius uh, Ward, the, cor- yep, they the got corner, Ward. who's a great cornerback. So they've got they – got, Javon Kinlaw they, they the got, team. you know, A-plus a, a uh, players at every level. So nothing will be easy. But I, I think that Jalen Hurts, the quarterback run game, is the difference, and he does it to perfection. And I know the coach said this, and this is probably worth bringing up. Their coach said after the game about Jalen Hurts that he's a, he's like Michael Jordan. And, and, and I know what, I, what he was referring to was that Jalen Hurts, you know, he's, he doesn't have a ring on his finger. I mean, a guy wouldn't say that until he wins some championships. You might not even say that with Tom Brady. I don't know. But what he was referring to is Michael, people always said that he made the players around him better. They, he made the players around him play at a higher level. And I think that's what he was referring to. With as a J- worker, as a competitor. As a competitor. That's the, yeah. as, as, and Jalen Hurts is that way. I mean, this kid has won between Oklahoma, between uh, Alabama, this guy, he's all about championships, all about championships. And even before he became as good a quarterback as he is right now, people said that about him in his early years at Philly. Yeah, you know, the intangibles there are amazing. I just, there's something about San Francisco. I know they only had 19 points last week. Right. Um, it feels to me, I'm a, I, I guess I'm just like, I, I'm pretty sure that San Francisco will be able to move the ball. And as long as Purdy doesn't turn it over, and he hasn't been, right? Uh, I feel like they should be able to push Philly around a little bit. Like, Philly against the run has been a little susceptible. Yep. And San Francisco's defense, by and large, has been awesome wherever they've played. They had that one weird game against Vegas where Jarrett Stidham Yep. Kind of lit them up, but that seemed like an aberration. It's like they're one bad game out of ten. I just, I feel like, like run game will travel, defense will travel. Yep. And so I, I feel like Kyle Shanahan's just going to say, can you stop us from getting ten yards on three plays? And I don't know, does Brock Purdy need to throw the ball 25 times in this game? I, would, I don't think he does. I feel like they're just going to try to, well, push them around in their own house. I, I, I'll tell you, I, I hear what you're saying, and I agree, and I'll add something to that. Um, uh, you know, the what San Francisco, because of their running game, <clears throat> Kyle Shanahan, the best thing that he does, and I've studied this stuff, for every running game, they have a pass play to match it. Right. Now, with that being said, they'll motion for the running play. They'll shift for the running play, and they do the identical stuff. So it's just not lining up in the I formation and going play action pass 
All their play-action passes have a lot of motion, a lot of shifts. That's put stress, mental stress, on those linebackers, right? Well, guess where they like to attack you? If you look at the passing game of the 49ers, most of their passes are inside, are inside across the middle. Why is that? Kyle Shanahan is picking on those linebackers. Hmm. Run it, run it. Linebackers got to get aggressive, throw the ball behind them. It's not as much outside passing game as it is inside. And so, you know, those linebackers for the Eagles are going to be tested more than they have from a mental perspective all year long. So that will be a, a great, great matchup. And the other thing that San Francisco did not do last week against Dallas that they did uh, in their in their first uh, game. I'm thinking now who they played in that first uh, uh, NFC game. You know, Seattle. Seattle. They had six plays against Seattle over 20 yards. That was almost double of what anybody else had in any playoff game, AFC, NFC. Yeah. They had four passes over 20 yards. They had two runs over 20 yards. So if I'm Philadelphia, you better prevent – if you prevent the big play, you prevent the big play, you'll win. Okay. Do you like Purdy? Or do you I, think he's I, just along for the ride? No, I, I like Purdy. I, you know, it, it falls into this category. You know, like Doug Peterson has done a fantastic job at Jacksonville, but everybody wants to say, oh, God, he's got the, the greatest quarterback to come out of college, you know, uh, tre- uh, Trevor Lawrence. On the other side of the coin, no one wants to give Purdy any credit. They're saying it's all Shanahan, Shanahan. I mean, both of those situations, it, it's some of both. It's some of both. So my answer would be that Purdy's a better player than what people give him credit for, in, in my opinion, and he's in a perfect situation. If he was in an offense where he had to drop back and throw it 50 times, probably wouldn't, it wouldn't fit that mold. But, yep. but what they do with him, because he's smart, he's a football guy, uh, he's always won. You know, he's, I, I think he's in a good spot. I really do. All right, so you got Cincy Philly. Yep. I got Cincy San Francisco. And uh, I just think these are these are the four best teams. Yeah. Doesn't uh, always work that way, but I, th- I think we actually got yeah. the four best teams. Who, who disappointed you the most? That's uh, not in it. Well, I mean, I mean Buffalo laid yeah, an egg. Yeah, Buff- Buffalo. I, I'm still trying to figure that one out. They, they look like, to me, that they were emotionally drained. You know, and, and I don't know if it's DeMar Hamlin, if that played a – card in it or not. I'm not saying that, but it could have. But they were not I mean, you cannot tackle and you can't block and you can't make plays unless you are emotionally all in in the National Football League. And they just didn't look like they were were there. Yeah. The, yeah. I mean, honestly, you were higher on Dallas than I was this year, but there was nobody in the NFC that I thought was on the caliber of San Francisco and Philly. So I think these are the clear two best teams there. And then in the AFC, it was those three teams, and Buffalo didn't show up. You, you mentioned Dallas. I picked Dallas to win last week. I, I know. I, I, I bet Dallas, and I'll tell you, everybody wants to talk about Dak. And, yeah, Dak didn't play where he's capable of playing. But, but, I'll tell you the guy that disappointed me with the Dallas Cowboys was Zeke. I mean, He's you know, been pa- bad for pa- a, Pollard, a while pa- now. Pollard gets hurt. Zeke, you're the guy making the big bucks. Everybody wants to be the man, Emmett Smith. Everybody wants to be the man until they are the man. Well, Zeke, you were the man. You need to take that team on your back. He's and, slow. And win that game. He's I mean, slow. Well, they're using him on short yardage and goal line. And now Pollard gets hurt, and he's got to go in and carry the, the, the team. Couldn't do it. Could not do it. Good stuff, Dave. This was fun. Did you finish that icy light? I, I did. I All did. Right, I, was, I was a good boy today. One icy light, Shane, huh? How about uh-huh. that?
It's we don't s- like when you're a good boy. We'd rather you put down a couple bourbons. I it's kind of soft. Uh, next week. There's always next week. I'll, uh, wait, am I here next week? I'll be here if I'm in time. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> per- perfect. <laughs> uh, no, I'm here. I leave time on Friday. I go to time. I'm going. And to- I'm always available unless I'm doing something. Uh- <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll 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 see you next week. A Bernstein talk trash on Shane and I. Maybe not what you think. Next on the score. You ever have a great Valpolicella Ripasso? No. Where I don't even know what that is. It's an Italian wine. Silly season and Bears hypotheticals coming up at 5 o'clock. One last thing to end the show. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. So, you know, there's a lot of podcasts out there. I even host one. Recording an episode tonight on Championship Sunday. First in pod. They haven't had the games yet. Don't record tonight. Today's Thursday. You can't record an episode tonight on Championship Sunday. Previewing Championship Sunday, buddy previewing it hey tanny started that one can't get anything past you guys we'll do another one sunday night recapping championship sunday but we're on podcast as we talk right now that's how it works organizations win championships with dan bernstein and his son jason bernstein Ugh. yeah i know apparently we got i haven't heard this we got shouted out on the podcast. No way. <laughs> you you don't it? listen? I know. That's what I'm saying. There's a lot of podcasts. Oh, man. Yeah. So many options. That's what I'm we saying. We promote them all right here on the live sure talk do. show. We sure do. Hey, you don't like what you're hearing right now? We got 300 podcasts on, on the company that no one else listens to. <laughs> so check all of those out, but please listen to ours as well. So here we go. I assume this is Dan Bernstein because of his stature taking a shot at me and Shane. I could not imagine that it would be the other Bernstein. No. When it comes to basketball, when it comes to Bulls basketball, most people are idiots. And even people in the media, I heard uh, our guy Danny Parkins say something that was oh, oh, like, oh. it's not DeMar's Parkins fault. Get stray? Yes, he is. Danny, oh. I'm coming from, no, I'm not no, coming you know I just disagree with what he said. You know if you do this, you know how their, their show works. The thing is that I don't care as much as you do about Shane because I know Shane and I love Shane and I'm not self-conscious about it because Shane can do whatever the hell he wants. I just won't pay attention to it. So what did he say? He doesn't like your take on DeMar. Okay. But what I took from that is that Dan must be coming home every day and talking to Beth and Jason like a therapist saying, this is what Shane said about me today. I just, I can't get over it. I'm scared. I don't want to say anything bad about any, but any of those guys. This is what he tweeted about me today. I, I don't know what to do. I got, I'm, I own a nine bedroom home in Dan's head. Yeah. And I'm not paying any rent on it. Good. Did yeah, you see incredible. what Shane made last night? Whoa. Um, okay, so my DeMar take that I guess Jason is referencing, I'll be honest with you, wasn't really a fully vetted, thought out uh, take that I would hold to my own standards. It was kind of just conversational with Aunt Heron. It usually Speaks writes those out for you. Yeah, no, that's definitely how it is. So, Tanny, a question for you. When you're making an open, do you only do it halfway and then hope it just kind of comes together on its own? I'm not like, I I stand by what I said, but it was not something that I had really. We just, we got there in in conversation and I said, you know, it's not DeMar's fault. And I stand by that. The situation with the Bulls is not DeMar DeRozan's fault. He's not the problem. He has 
been less efficient this year than last year, surely. And he is such a good ISO scorer that he is sometimes way too reliant on that. But, like, if you were listing problems with the Bulls, where would DeMar DeRozan, who scores 26 a night, how how far down on the list would you have to get there? I know that in the last game, there was way too much ball watching, and it was a big topic of conversation on the postgame show and all of that. So I'm not talking about the last game. I'm talking about why if the podcast is organizations win championships. Why they're not winning a championship is not because of DeMar DeRozan. The team is just flawed. It is fundamentally flawed. And you could say that DeMar is a part of that, but he didn't sign himself. Like, AK and Mark Eversley built a team that doesn't work together, and I know why they did it. They wanted to be relevant. They were aggressive. When they acquired Vooch, they thought they were going to go to the playoffs. Then they didn't because of injury and COVID, and Zach and Vooch never got to play together, so they missed it that year. And then DeMar was attracted to come here because he and Vooch knew each other from USC, and he'd wanted to play with a passing big man. And then he had the connection to Mark Eversley. And then Lonzo was interested in signing up because they were willing to pay him what New Orleans wasn't. And it was like a string of events. If you were building this team from scratch, if they were an expansion team, you wouldn't have put this team together. But like Vooch was the all-star that you were able to pair with Zach. Then it didn't work. Then DeMar was the dude that was interested in playing with Vooch. And all of a sudden, you got your top three dudes who aren't two-way players. And then Lonzo is the two-way player who wants to come here, and you can meet his price. So he comes on the first day of free agency, and all of a sudden, you wake up and you look at a team, and you're like, well, wow, these guys don't actually fit that well together, but they were the best guys that we were able to get at the time. And then Lonzo got hurt and might never come back. Or if he does come back, we don't know what he's going to be. And if he does come back... These other guys aren't going to be here anymore, and the whole thing just broke. But I don't look at DeMar as being one of the biggest problems on this team. It's because the guys around him are also not two-way dudes, so there's a lot of redundancy on this team. There's redundancy in Zach and DeMar's game. There is, because of how they play, they don't highlight how Vooch plays the best. And none of them are going to be defensive first guys. And Vooch is the only one who's a little bit more of a pass-first guy among those three. And neither DeMar or Zach are natural facilitators. And then they're – I shared the quote a bunch of times. I'm doing this NBA book. I'm talking to NBA uh, GMs and coaches. One of them said, Lonzo, he's one of the few players in the league who control a game without the ball in his hands. That's why Lonzo is the perfect fit for those guys. Because he can set up the other dudes and then kind of get out of the way and do the catch-and-shoot three-point game and then go run down the floor – and play defense, and then when he gets the ball off a miss, just fire it up the court on a 60-foot outlet pass, have the ball in his hands for one second, and have made an impact both ways. So Lonzo matters a ton. I just, I am surprised that more people are not on board with trading Vooch. I think that that has to happen. You're not winning anything. So sell high on him. He's contract's over. You're not winning anything. 
get assets, reacquire assets, whatever you can get for guys on expiring deals instead of just letting them walk for nothing. So it's like DeMar's not the biggest problem, but it's all a problem because the team is just put together poorly. <laughs> that being said, I would love to have some of the steak that you're getting. Anyway, ah, they can't. They what? can't survive this way. Sorry Why? that it sounded like someone died when I screamed like that. It's a good podcast. You should check it out. Towards the end, Jason had a, a not safe for work malaprop that we can't play on the air, but it involves, uh, Tanny, can I say it involves oral sex? <laughs> you just did? Yeah, but, th- but that's a good, that's a, that's a tease for you listeners out there. Oh, so go listen to the podcast. Yeah, go, yeah. go listen. Jason Bernstein has a malaprop about a basketball player giving oral sex. Oh. <laughs> Why, are you... Why is that dumpable? I, I'm just deferring to Tanny. I don't know. Jesus Christ, dude. I don't know. But listen to the podcast. That's ridiculous. The, the guys who gave Jason Bernstein his first shot on the air. Not even his own father gave him a shot on the air. We gave him a shot on the air. And he's coming at us for our takes. Mainly me. Mainly me for my take and you for, I don't know, your meat. He said he loved me. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah he, just, he just mentioned your name. Uh, it's gonna. It's silly season already. With the Bears and the number one pick. Next on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.